Fair Use Notice. This channel may make use of copyrighted material, the use of which has not always been specifically authorized by the copyright owner. This constitutes a fair use of any such copyrighted material as provided for in Section 107 of the U.S. Copyright Law. In accordance with Title 17 U.S.C. Section 107, the material on this channel is offered is offered publicly and without profit to the public users of the internet for comment and nonprofit educational and informational purposes. Copyright disclaimer under Section 107 of the Copyright Act 1976, allowance is made for fair use for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarships, and research. Fair use is a use permitted. No copyrights is are claimed. The content is broadcast for study, research, and educational purposes. The broadcaster gains no profit from broadcasted content, so it falls under fair use guidelines, www.copyright.gov. And we'll be right back. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of my fabulous sponsors or advertisers. Any content provided by our bloggers or authors are of their opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. This disclaimer was provided by DisclaimerTemplate.com. Hello, my lovely loyal listeners. It's just Miss Rose. I'm back yet again. Listen, you guys. Today is Sunday, August 21st, 2022. I have not made a podcast on my podcast, Just Miss Rose, since May. I cannot believe almost three months have passed since I've talked to you guys. Well, I'm back. I have gone so far down the rabbit hole in my real life, you guys, (laughs) that I have been lacking in producing my podcast. But I actually love doing my podcast, so I will be continuing. Now, I, you know, I had kept saying once upon a time when we were further up the rabbit hole, I had said that I was going to set a schedule to record these podcasts. So guess what, you guys? I'm doing the schedule. I'm going to do one podcast a week for the rest of 2022, and I will uh, recorded on Sunday, and then you guys could listen to it, you know, whenever. But I'm gonna try to do Sunday will be just Miss Rose, 
And sometime during the week, I will do uh, As the Massage Tip Turns, which, as you guys know, is my sister podcast. So, and I did actually do, um, I think I did a podcast on there. Anyway, you guys know this program is an hour. And my normal content is, you know, I find an interesting article about an interesting topic, and I read it. However, the only constant in life is change. And <laughs> life has changed for me, not dramatically, but subtly. And, you know, anyway, we're going to be, be continuing down the rabbit hole because I still haven't gotten out of the rabbit hole, you guys. I've gotten banned off social media, and they I've got myself back on. And when I got back on, you know, they put you right back at the beginning of the rabbit hole. But we have been driving down the rabbit hole so far that I found my car. And, well, I don't, you know, my virtual car. You know, you guys know I don't have a car yet. Because I'm not buying another hoopty. I refuse to buy another hoopty. I'm saving money so that I can put a down payment, because I really don't want a car note, but I'm going to put a down payment on a new car, and I want to put a big down payment so I have a small car note. But that's just part of my in-real-life rabbit hole. But I will be back in a few seconds after this brief pause for the cause, and we'll get started with today's episode of just Miss Rose. Did I tell you I love you for listening? I love you for listening. I appreciate your listenership and we'll be right back. All right, my lovely loyal listeners, we are back and we are on the website timesofindia.com and this article is entitled Five Things to Do When Confused. It was written by Kamal Jeet Kaur at Kamal Blog. It was written on January 21st, 2022, 1523 IST. Number one, sit at one place. Relax. Take a long breath. Always select a place which is closest to your heart in the house or a particular place where you feel peace in your mind. Number two, write down the topics. Here, topic means choice which is making you confused. It can be dreams, career choices, family, relations, books, food, etc. Confusion occurs when you have more than one choice for particular things. Confusion can be between anything irrespective of place and situation. Number three, think outcome for all options. Here, Think in long run where that decision will lead you to go. 
Example, if I eat pizza, I will gain weight. If salad, then I will be healthy. This is basic example. It can be anything. Number four, never force your mind on your heart. Mind always takes very practical decisions. The heart will lead you to the best because at the end of the day, what matters is happiness. If you are not happy from the inside, that will have an indirect impact on your life, work, and so on. Number five, give your 100% to your choice. Give your 100% to the choice you have made. You will not have any regret in the future. Stay positive, stay healthy. Now, Camille Jeet Kaur at Kamal, I'm sorry, it's Kamal Jeet Kaur at Kamal Blog. HR by profession, blogger by choice, writing was passion since school days, continuing till now. Love to express by writing. A, bibli- a bibliophile optimist. Okay, a bibliophile optimistic person. You can reach me through kamal.j.k93 at gmail.com for any questions or cure queries. And y'all know what? Since this show is an hour, I do not know this word bibliophile. So I'm going to hit the define button on my search engine and see what this word is. I'm going to see if I'm pronouncing it right. Hold on. Bibliophile. Yep, so it's bibliophile. A person, it's a noun, a person who collects or has a great love of books. Hey, so we learned something new today on Just Miss Rose. Well, I did anyway. Maybe you did too. But that is the end of that article, you guys. And as this show is a one-hour show, (laughs) you know what's going to happen next. We'll be right back after this brief pause for the cause, and we will have another fascinating article. I love you for listening. Thank you so much. We'll be right back. It's time for Dictionary Definition of the Day. Today's Dictionary Definition Word of the Day, brought to you by Oxford Languages, is confusion. It's a noun. Number one. Lack of understanding, uncertainty. Number two, the state of being bewildered or unclear in one's mind about something. Confusion. And we'll be right back.
All right, my lovely loyal listeners, we are back and we are on the website HuffPost.com and this article is entitled Four Ways to Find Direction When You Are Feeling Confused. The beauty about being stuck and confused in life is that there really is no wrong turn or wrong path. Written by Tanaz Chubb, contributor, author of The Power of Positive Energy, creator of ForeverConscious.com. It was written on July 27th, 2016 at 12.46 p.m. EDT, updated July 28th, 2016. This post was published on the now-closed HuffPost contributor platform. Contributors control their own work and post it freely to our site. If you need to flag this entry as abusive, send us an email. But this is not abusive, you guys. All right. (coughs) Excuse me. We all get confused at times, but prolonged periods of confusion can cause us to feel that we are stuck in a never-ending foggy web of uncertainty. Confusion can make us feel powerless, anxious, stressed, and a whole host of other draining emotions. But what if I told you that confusion was good for you? Yes, while confusion can stir up stir up a seamlessly never-ending cloud of fog that envelopes that envelops everything around you, it is also a sign of great and powerful change. Think about it. If everything made sense to you all the time, how would you ever grow? If you were always 100% certain about every decision you made or every fork in the road, how would you ever shift or evolve? Confusion does serve a higher purpose. When you feel confused, it is a sign that your mind is expanding a little more. It is a sign that you are allowing your heart, mind, body, and soul to make room for something that wasn't there before. Being confused is really a process of opening up. Instead of just marching on ahead at that fork in the road, you are taking the time to process, learn, and understand things. You are taking the time to open yourself to a possibility of something else. To those who are currently caught up in the web of confusion, This may not make sense just yet, but stick with me. Here is what you can do to overcome your confusion and find joy. Number one, accept where you are. Accept the fog. 
accept the confusion, and accept the feelings of stuckness. Sometimes you you get stuck because you aren't meant to be stuck. This is usually a sign that more information needs to be delivered before you can move forward. Number two, take a deep breath. Center yourself and firmly state, I don't know what to do and that is okay. When you firmly state your uncertainty, you move out of the fog and into certainty. The more you focus on your certainty, the more at peace you will feel with where you are at. Number three, focus on what you know. When you are confused, it can be easy to get stuck in a web of consistent, repetitive thoughts that appear to have no end and no beginning. To clear this, start focusing on what you don't feel confused about. Start focusing on what you know and what you feel sure about. When you do this, it will automatically help you to weaken the cloud of confusion over your life. Number four, be patient. Being confused is a sign of change and you may need to let the journey unfold a little bit more before you make a decision. Be at peace with that and be at peace with the fact that you don't have all the answers. Just accept the way things are and trust that inspiration will reach you when the time comes to make a decision. If you do need to make an immediate decision during a period period of blissful confusion, the best thing to do is tune into the wisdom of your heart. When you are stuck in the fog and you can't clearly and can't see clearly ahead, The best asset you have is your gut. Go with how you feel and go with your truth. Begin taking a step forward and see how it feels. If it feels good, keep walking in that direction. Keep it slow and steady until you are ready to take that leap of faith. The beauty about being stuck and confused in life is that there really is no wrong turn or wrong path. Every road traveled is a blessing in some way. So take the stress out of life's decisions and trust that all roads really do lead home. All right, you guys. And that is the end of uh, that article. Was that number five? Accept where you are. Take a deep breath. Focus on what you know. Be patient. But that was all. 
but that was four ways. Oh, did I, st- I thought it was five ways. Anyway, you guys. <laughs> Let me read the title again. Oh, it was four ways. <laughs> All right. That was four ways to find direction when you are feeling confused. And clearly, I'm confused as I'm reading through my podcast here. And we will be right back after this brief pause for the cause. Did I tell you I love you for listening? I sincerely love you for listening. We'll be right back. We're going to get some water. You get some too. All right. All right, my lovely loyal listeners, we are back and we are on the website psychcentral.com and this article is entitled Assumptions are toxic to relationships. Written by Nathan Felis, MSW, LCSWR, on July 20th, 2013. Assumptions have the ability to destroy relationships, and indeed, they do just that. Assumptions can be direct or indirect. A direct assumption is basically a thought that a person believes in, regardless of the validity of the thought. The thought may have no connection in reality, but the person assumes that the thought is true and therefore responds emotionally based on the thoughts. Then there are the indirect assumptions. These are the assumptions that originate from an outside source. Basically, secondhand information that we assume to be accurate. Secondhand information is rarely reliable, but people still often assume that what they hear from others is portrayed accurately. The reason secondhand information is rarely accurate is because in conversations, people tend to hear the parts that are most relevant to their emotional needs in that moment. And when they relay it to others, it's out of context and only contains the information as they received it, not necessarily as it was meant to be received. Basically, An assumption is something you believe in of which you don't have proof. Here are some classic assumptions that can hurt relationships. A. Believing you're being cheated on. B. Believing people are always trying to get money out of you. C. Believing you're being unappreciated. D. Believing your significant other knows what's in your head. There are many more, but these are very common assumptions that hurt relationships. The inherent problem with any kind of assumption is its fulfillment of emotional needs, which inevitably leads to an emotional response. When we assume to know a piece of information, we we react based on it. However, 
Negative assumptions usually derive from our own fears. They don't just come out of nowhere. For example, someone who assumes that people are trying to get money out of them likely has a general fear of people using them, issues with trust, as well as emotional insecurity about money. This causes them to look for cues of being used for money, whether or not it's actually the case, and react to people based on these assumptions. Take the case of Jerry, a man in his 50s with a demanding job that sometimes keeps him out until 11 o'clock at night. As his marriage began to struggle a bit, his wife, Jill, assumed he was cheating because he would frequently be out so late. She assumed he was cheating for two reasons. One, a direct assumption, and the other, an indirect assumption. First, Jill had long been concerned, based on her own life history, that men are cheaters and that at some point, Jerry would cheat and leave her. So when she started to pick up cues that triggered her own fears of abandonment, the automatic assumption was that she was being abandoned. This was her emotional need being fulfilled by a false thought. It's important to know that just because people feel an emotion doesn't necessarily mean it's accurate to the situation. This is commonly seen in phobias where people feel fear but are actually safe. This also works vice versa. A person can feel safe while still being in danger. Just because Jill felt abandoned doesn't mean she was being abandoned. The indirect assumption in this scenario was Jill's friend who saw Jerry at a restaurant with a woman while he was supposed to be at a business meeting. Jill's friend promptly called Jill and reported this to her. What the friend didn't know was that the woman Jerry was out to dinner with was the business meeting. But with Jill's emotional need but with Jill's emotional need being the need to fulfill a fantasy of being abandoned, she first assumed that her friend's information was accurate, that this was a date outside of the marriage rather than a business meeting, regardless of the reality of the situation. What leads to toxicity, excuse me, what leads to toxicity is when people take these assumptions, oh, excuse me, you guys, hold on a second. What leads to toxicity is when people take these assumptions and run with them. When people have a deep emotional need, such as Jill's need to be abandoned, people become so attached to these needs that they actually prefer their assumptions as opposed to reality when in this emotional space. They'd rather believe the hearsay or rather believe their own thoughts than the realities because it validates the emotions that they really want to be experiencing. 
I find this to be quite common when people with, wait a minute. I find this to be quite common with people in states of anger. When angry, people tend to look for information that will validate and perpetuate their anger rather than resolve the issue. Perhaps because it would be too shaming and embarrassing to learn their anger is based on something not based on reality. The more assumptions people make and believe, the better chance this will get in the way of all relationships, not just romantic, but with family, friends, and even ourselves as well. People's assumptions can cascade into a snowball of unrealities, and soon it becomes unclear what we've manifested in our own selves and what has actually happened in reality. A couple of suggestions for undoing assumptions. Number one, be skeptical of secondhand information. Take it with a grain of salt and don't buy into it unless you have proof. It's easy to latch onto something we want to hear and this is exactly the danger. Number two, know when you're assuming. If you didn't see or hear it yourself, you're assuming. This includes partially assuming. If you see something, it still may not tell the whole story, such as Jill's friend saw. Be careful of taking a scene and writing a script of your own. Jerry and Jill eventually got divorced, Jerry having never cheated. All right, you guys. That is the conclusion of uh, that article on psychcentral.com. And it was entitled, Assumptions are Toxic to Relationships, written by Nathan Felice. And we'll be right back with another exciting article. I love you for listening. All right, my lovely, loyal listeners. We are back and we are on the website, blogs.webmd.com. And this article is entitled, What to Do When You Have Conflicting Feelings. It was written by Leslie Becker Phelps, PhD psychologist, on August 8th, 2018. You're not sure whether you really feel sad about your friend moving or excited by the prospect of visiting her at her new home in Hawaii. You know your sister is critical of you, but you believe she's a kind person. Or maybe you can't decide what you want romantically. As someone on the WebMD Relationships message board recently shared, 
Some moments she feels totally in love with a new guy, but other times she feels drawn to reconnect with her previous partner. Though it can feel maddening, people often have thoughts and emotions that are a conflicted jumble. When you believe that you need to pick which of your thoughts or emotions is your true experience, you have set yourself up for an exercise in frustration. It's a lot like looking at a picture of a tree and having to pick what one color you are seeing. You might pick one color, say green, when looking at the leaves, and then change your answer to brown when looking at the bark, only to change your answer again as you focus on the blackness of a knot in trunk. The truth is that your thoughts and feelings are equally rich experiences. Unlike the uncomfortable exercise of deciding which one color a tree is, believing that you need to decide which thought or feeling is true can be extremely distressing. It can leave you unsure of yourself. The person who posted on WebMD's relationship message board clearly felt attracted to her new love interest, but also had unresolved feelings toward her old boyfriend that were interfering with the new relationship. This left her feeling lost. Rather than trying to choose which feeling you are having or what thought you believe, choose to embrace the whole of your experience. Focus on clarifying your conflicting thoughts and allowing for your differing feelings. So if your friend has moved, you might observe that you feel sad and excited. Rather than asking yourself, do I feel sad or, ex- or excited? Similarly, with your thinking, you might note that you won't have someone to spontaneously get together with and also that you will have the opportunity to nurture other friendships. You might talk your thoughts and feelings through with a supportive friend, a therapist, or even an online platform like the WebMD Relationships Message Board. Once you are clear about your differing thoughts and feelings and can accept them, you might find that you feel less lost, even if you are still unsure about what you want to do. If you have a history of a particular kind of inner conflict, then you might think about what themes you carry from the past. Rather than just focus on your current dilemma, think more about the theme. For instance, it could be that the woman who could not stop thinking about her last boyfriend 
intended to do this when she started feeling vulnerable in a new relationship. In this case, she might benefit from focusing more on her struggle with vulnerability rather than pursuing the old boyfriend. By taking the time to become more aware of your inner conflicts and accept them, you are likely to be able to reflect on them more clearly. You are then more likely to make a wise decision, one that will help you move forward in a positive way, even as you continue to feel conflicted. About the author, Leslie Becker Phelps, PhD. Dr. Becker Phelps is a licensed psychologist in New Jersey and New York and is on staff at Robert Wood Johnson University Hospital, Somerset. She is dedicated to helping people understand themselves and what they need to do to become emotionally and psychologically healthy. She accomplishes this through her work as a psychotherapist speaker and writer. She is the author of Bouncing Back from Rejection and Insecure in Love. And we'd like to thank Dr. Becker Phelps for her lovely article, What to Do When You Have Conflicting Feelings. And we will be right back after this brief pause for the cause. I love you for listening. All right, my lovely loyal listeners, we are back and we are now on the website MatthewKimberly.com. And this article is entitled 13 Very Important Life Lessons from How to Get a Grip. How to Get Your Life Back on Track Getting a Fucking Grip by Matthew Kimberly. The best book I have ever written, read, written about today is How to Get a Grip, a profane and shouty guide to personal development. Here follow some of the most popular passages according to Amazon popular highlights. Read and weep and save yourself some time on reading the whole thing. When you're done weeping and reading, and if you still want to read more, check out How to Get a Grip on Amazon.com or on Amazon.co.uk. On Positive Reinforcement, you can do anything. Sometimes in life, things get a bit shit. You can't avoid it. It's how you deal with the shit that sets you apart. And while you may think you lack the resources to turn things around and make it all a little less shit, you don't. On mortality and the purpose of life. Life is not a competition. It's a game. There are no winners or losers. 
we all end up dead. Ambition is perfectly healthy so long as it's your ambition. On how ladies think. She's thinking he seems like a really hot, intelligent guy. The kind of guy who I'd like to take home and suffocate with my thighs. On gardening. Treat people well and you'll find them more inclined to lend you their lawnmower. If you find that the grass is often greener, it's time to buy some fertilizer. On book titles that are likely to be surefire bestsellers, if ever written. Tug of War, A History of Military Masturbation. Trim six inches off your flabby thighs with neuro-linguistics programming. Set your child on the route to a fulfilling career in the medical profession by reading him bedtime stories in Swahili. On the perils of progress. Advancement and progress are what keeps civilizations civilized, but they're also what gave us nuclear weapons and daytime TV. On the futility of being easily offended. When you find other people's behavior distasteful, you get upset, your blood pressure gets raised, You lose a lot of time worrying, and you shave seven minutes off your own life. Nobody else gives a shit. On appreciating what you've got. Some have it worse than others. Some of us were born in the arse end of the country to a family of inbred petty criminals with facial tattoos and neolithic attitudes to women and literacy. On therapy. Talking about your problems helps resolve them. Incessantly blathering on about the shit you're going through does the opposite. All right, you guys, that's the end of of this article by Matthew Kimberly. 13 very important life lessons from how to get a grip. And we'll be right back after this brief pause for the cause. I love you for listening. All right, my lovely loyal listeners, we are back with our last article for this episode of Just Miss Rose. And we are on the website, sharecare.com. And this article is entitled, Five Ways to Get a Grip on Stress. It was written by Daria 
Gilepsy, wait, Gilepsy, MD, medically reviewed in September 2021. Some days I balance everything perfectly. Work, family, dinner on the table, a perfectly dressed child without a trace of poop or unmatched socks. Today was not going to be one of those days. It was a Monday in the ER, the busiest day of the week. By 9 9 a.m., I had already cared for a stroke patient, a woman in labor, and a girl with a dislocated jaw. Operating on three hours of sleep, thanks to my daughter's new tooth, back at home, we were out of diapers and low on baby food. I was also past deadline for my article on stress. Yes, the irony was not lost on me that I was stressing over an article on stress. Sound familiar? We've all had those days when the routine we had planned to get everything done falls apart. Bad days break our routines, but how can we keep them from breaking us? We know from medical research that chronically high stress levels are unhealthy, but we also know of tried and true ways to combat them. Pulling from research, along with tips I've learned from my own patients, here are things you can do to keep your cool. Number one, squelch the stress response with the relaxation response. Okay, I promise this goes beyond count to 10. If practiced regularly, these and other techniques have been shown to improve your health, quiet your mind, and make it easier to you to cope, or I think that's supposed to be for you, to cope in stressful situations. Here are a few to try. Visualization. Imagining either a relaxing setting or someone meaningful to you. Deep and slow diaphragmatic breathing for 10 to 20 minutes once or twice a day. Relax your body. Make a conscious effort to unclench your hands, relax your shoulders, smile. It's no news that yoga can also get you into that Zen state of mind. Number two, avoid catastrophic thinking. It's hard not to spin into a worst case scenario when you're under stress. If you lose your job, you'll lose your house. If you miss your child's t-ball game, she'll be scarred for life. But stress, blame, amygdala, overdrive, a region of the brain responsible for the fight or flight response can trigger catastrophic thinking. Instead of accepting these thoughts as reality, stop and ask yourself, what can I do to address this situation? Or what's the probability of this happening? Taking action 
or just getting perspective on the likelihood of the outcome is more useful than out-of-control stress and worry. Number three, stick to a regular workout routine. Okay, I know I said sometimes your day's schedule goes out the window, and that would probably include exercise. But letting it slide impacts your health, your stress level, and how you respond to it. In fact, studies have shown that for many people, regular exercise can be as effective as taking an antidepressant. For the best outcome, aim for at least 30 minutes a day. Number four, control your narrative. I see terrible injuries and health crisis in the ER. Some patients respond with immense strength and grace. How do they do it? From what I've observed, they see their story differently. They don't view themselves as helpless victims. Instead, they see certain aspects of the situation that they can control, no matter how small, and focus on that. You can do the same. Look for what you can control or change and use it to move through what's currently causing you stress. Number five, take an hour or five minute break. Sometimes you just need to step back for a moment. Take a bathroom break if, if it's all the time you have. Walk around the block extra bonus fresh air benefits your mental health i mean fresh air benefits your mental state have a few minutes more get a manicure the mere act of removing yourself from the stressful situation can freshen your your perspective stress is a part of life but it doesn't have to drive you and it definitely doesn't have to impact your health and life. You've got places to go. And if you'll excuse me, I have patience to see, diapers to purchase, a work project to juggle, and in the end, yes, it'll all be okay. And that is the conclusion of that article, Five Ways to Get a Grip on Stress by Daria Gillespie, MD, and that was on sharecare.com, and we want to thank all of our authors for their contributions to today's episode of Just Miss Rose. Now, you guys know the rules. Don't let nobody take you off your square. You are doing the best you you that there is because you are the only you that there is okay and you're doing a great job of doing you and being you all right now please support my podcast as the massage ship turns which is a half hour program and i thank you so much really sincerely appreciate you taking time out of your day to sit and listen to or even if you're walking around but just the fact that you're listening I appreciate it, and I love you for listening. I really, really do. I will see you on next episode of Just Miss Rose. Have a good one. Mwah.